the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Well, Alex, the chaos continues. Welcome into the Ain't No Fang podcast. I cannot believe we're sitting here and talking about a type of game that we're about to talk about, Alex. And you got to witness it in person. The D-backs are now 3-0 and in the postseason as they faced off against the Dodgers in the Game 1 of the NLDS. Alex, where do you want to start with this one? I mean, like, it started out so well with Clayton Kershaw taking the bump. You're, if you're a Dodger fan, you wouldn't want anybody else taking the bump, and then it went <laughs> sideways pretty quick. Yeah, it was, it was just surreal to watch. You kind of wondered when it would stop. I mean... The game kind of started on a bizarre note with the Cattell Marte. I mean, he ropes this ball 115 miles an hour, but it's a catchable ball and just bounces off of Outman's glove. It hits his hand. It hits the ground. Cattell gets a double out of it. And then um, it just kind of set this sort of, okay, that ball was smoked. It should have been an out. It's not an out. How can the Diamondbacks take advantage of it? Uh, and there's just a parade. I mean, Corbin, Carroll hit, Tommy Pham hit. Um, and, 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 all three of those came on early counts. So they really attacked him and they were aggressive early. And then they had Walker work a nice at bat and he was able to deliver as well. And then Gabriel Moreno just punctuated it with a huge three run home run. No doubter um, had to bat flip on his way to first base. I mean, you, you could do that when you homer off of Clayton Kershaw at Dodger stadium to give your team a five run lead in the first inning. So it, it just kind of felt like it never was going to stop at one point. And for them to not only put up six runs in the first inning and chase Kershaw, but then also come back out in the second and Corbin Carroll hits a home run. They tack on two more runs and the game just felt like it was over. Uh, the crowd was kind of out of it. Um, there were some boos. There was some lulls. You even heard some let's go D-backs chants like at some points, which was like not on my bingo card for Dodger Stadium during a playoff game. But yeah, it, it got very surreal as far as what they were able to accomplish offensively that completely just changed the rest of the evening. Lost in the nine runs in the first two innings is how well Merrill Kelly pitched in his first win against the Los Angeles Dodgers, if you can believe that. Um, just take me through his performance tonight, Alex. Yeah, he, he was really efficient um, and really effective. And it, it's sort of interesting how you know a pitcher looks right after their team puts up six runs in the first inning and he's kind of waiting around to come in uh, for a while. But, you know, he faces four batters in the first inning, not much trouble. He retired 11 in a row at one point. Uh, his command looked good. Uh, he was using a lot of his pitches, and, and it just felt like he was in total control. Um, you know, going into the game, he talked about, like, you know, he's very aware of the struggles that he's had against the Dodgers. And he, he said uh, yesterday that sometimes there are certain players and certain teams that you just have your number. But he said, like, that doesn't, this doesn't weigh in his confidence going into his first playoff game. And, you know, while he never pitched on quite this stage before, he's pitched in the WBC, he's pitched in KBO Championship. He's, you know, he's, he's played in big games, but not in Major League Baseball. But to, to come out like this, uh, it was a huge performance and definitely not one to be overlooked given all the offense that we saw. Yeah, and just the, in the six innings that, in the six in the third innings that Merrill pitched, he gave up three hits. And in the third of an inning that Clayton Kershaw pitched, he gave up six hits. So <laughs> that's an yeah. interesting stat to see there. Moving forward in this series, I, I mean, I, I, I would think that you would, wa you would want to see the D-backs to continue to do this, but I don't know if that's possible against a Dodgers team that is this good, Alex. When they come back out on Monday, what do you hope to see from the D-backs? Yeah, I mean, their approach today, I mean, they were some guys were really aggressive. Some guys waited out counts. It really was just a focus on getting your pitch and um, 
I, I think that continued. I mean, I mean, their their offense has been very good in the postseason so far, and against very good pitching. I mean, I go up against Corbin Burns in Game One against the Brewers, and Freddie Peralta in Game Two, and then Clayton Kershaw tonight, and they got to all of those guys. Um, that's that's a it's a great sign uh, for how they've been able to do it. And it's sort of interesting with this Diamondbacks team, is because they've had so many ups and downs throughout the season, but at their best, I mean a lot of these guys were, were on heaters for, for parts of the season. I mean, Gabriel Moreno, the way he finished the season, and he's continued that in the postseason. Corbin Carroll, the same thing. You know, Alec Thomas got hot for stretches, and while he was cold for stretches, him, when he's firing, you know, he has the power to do what he did uh, in Game 2 against the Brewers and in Game 1 today. Lord Escariel Jr. had an RBI double today. He was the, 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 one of the hottest hitters in baseball for May, and he had kind of went on a cold streak and then kind of found it again towards the end. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lineup that while it hasn't been the most consistent all year, a lot of the guys at their peaks have performed really, really well. And right now it's just coming together. So really just continuing to put together good at-bats. Um, they're going to face Bobby Miller, a rookie who's pitching in his first postseason game in game two. Uh, much different looking pitcher than Kershaw at this point in Kershaw's career. So uh, see how they do against a different look. Now, with all the talk of Gabriel Moreno coming into this game, he obviously went out of the second game in Milwaukee with an injury. With all the talk coming into this game, you would think he would start off slow. Nope, first inning, three-run shot. <laughs> what did you see from him today? Yeah, I mean, he looked he looked like himself. Um, you know, it was such a question. Like, after he gets hit with a backswing in game two against Milwaukee, you know, he seems to think he's going to be fine and, um, was pretty optimistic as far as you know, Tori Lovello and Mike Hazen that night in regards to his status. Um, there hasn't really been much of an indication that he would miss any of these games. Um, led up to yesterday, and when Tori said the plan is he's going to start, he's on the roster, he's in the starting lineup, he's hitting fifth, and he just continues to do what he's been doing. He's been putting together some really good at bats. We've seen the power kind of come out of him a little bit more in the second half of the season, and now especially these playoffs. I mean, the two home runs he hit were absolute bombs, uh, including tonight where it was an absolute no-doubter. So, yeah, he's, he's, he looks about as good as he has all season. You, you brought up Miller, obviously, on the on the Dodgers' side going on Monday, but now Gallon is going to pitch on Monday, the, the D-backs ace. Uh, with that being said, you know, Arizona has a chance to take a 2-0 lead coming back home to, to Chase Field. And with their ace on the mound, could you ask for anything? Could you ask for anything more? Or could you ask for a better start to this series than they got tonight? <laughs> I guess they could have won 20, though, too, or something <laughs> like that. But uh, no, not really. They set themselves up really nicely here. And, and kind of similar to the Brewer series where they won the one start where Gallon or Kelly wasn't going to be available. And that set them up to put their ace in position to win a series. And now in this case, they're setting up their ace to get them, you know, 2 lead and potentially go back to chase field in the elimination game so it's it's a huge opportunity um i think if you walk out of dodger stadium with a split that's you know probably you would you would have taken that um going in but but the way that they played tonight it's i'm curious what's going to look like because they get a day off and then it comes back so is there a momentum is there a demoralization is there you know a lack of energy on one side or the other i don't know we'll see um the d-backs have you know came out firing today after having a couple days off after their sweep of the Brewers so uh, yeah I, I, don't, I don't know how it's going to turn out but this is absolutely the best case scenario for them as far as like just coming in and taking game one against a pitcher who has proven himself like Clayton Kershaw and now they have an opportunity against a rookie I don't know it's it, it, it's it's a nice spot to be in and if Gallon pitches like Gallon does then I don't know it's, it, it's they could go home with a potential 
to clinch a series at Chase Field against the Dodgers after losing to them six years ago. So it, it's kind of crazy how it's all comes full circle. Alex, I was thinking about what I was going to ask you when before I got here, and you know, I was thinking, you know, if the D-backs lost today, would they think about pitching Kelly on three days rest going into Wednesday? But if they win on Monday, do you think they go for the juggler and and pitch Kelly on three days rest on Wednesday? No, uh, he'll be lined up for Game Four on normal rest. Uh, it's kind of how it's worked out with um, the series and the days off and. That Kelly, Kelly and Gallon would be available for four to five games if it went the distance. Uh, Wednesday, uh, you know, Astoria, who would start before this game, um, he didn't commit to Brandon Fott, but the, you know, he would be, you know, I guess the typical choice there, given he's their only other really starting pitcher um, that they have. It could be a bullpen game, it could be an opener. That they have, they have options there. But yeah, I, I, you know, that's that's something to ask for sure. Um, and, and maybe tomorrow or before game four or before game two, that's something to consider. But yeah, as of right now, there's been no indication that they would pitch either him or Gallon on short rest, at least at this point in the postseason. Four for five day for Tommy Pham. Just what has he meant to this ball club since he's gotten to the D backs? Funny thing with the Pham day is, you know, four for four. He went three for three before the Dodgers nine hole hitter Miguel Rojas even grabbed a bat before he stepped into the batter's box which is crazy um they had three singles at that point he hooks a home run around the right field foul pole uh later in the game 330 something feet i think it was yeah it was just i mean look (laughs) at the replay it was just outside the reach of jason hayward uh he nearly got that ball but you know it said four hit performance and he's one of three dimebacks ever with four hit game in the postseason the first one was reggie sanders back in 2001 the world series against the yankees in game six and the second one was jake lamb during the wild card game that's it and now it's tommy fam so it's, it's an interesting group uh of uh, diamondbacks who have accomplished that feat but yeah fam he, he's been dealing with with turf toe the last couple of weeks um the offense hasn't been quite up to standard compared to what we saw in, in stretches for him when he came over from uh, the new york mets but yeah for for him to kind of stabilize the middle of the order today and continue to keep the ball moving uh, with four hits. Uh, it was a huge contribution. You look at the state of the National League right now and in terms of what happened today, the Phillies went into Atlanta and won, and now the D-backs went into Dodger Stadium and won. Is there something to be said about being able to play uh, and, and not have that full week off, Alex? I don't know. I think it's just sort of the nature of the postseason at this point where – you know, there's no receding. It's, it's you know, this, these teams coming off these huge games, going up against teams that, you know, have been sitting for a little while and do simulation games. And, you know, both of these series are of division opponents against division opponents. And it's, it's they're very familiar with one another. And it's just about execution. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like at this point, well, where we are and how we've seen sort of, you know, the lack of chalk, if you will, in some of these postseasons. I think that's just kind of what's going to be now. It's You never really know what's going to happen, which gives teams like the Diamondbacks or the Phillies against the Braves uh, a bit of a bolt. We've gone long enough without talking about Alec Thomas's at-bat. Uh, <laughs> how many pitches did he foul off in that at-bat? So he fouled off 11, wow. including 10 in a row, and it was a 14-pitch at-bat. I think I have that right. I hope I, have that. I, hope I did the math right. But, uh, yeah, he said it was probably his longest at-bat ever. Um, but he you know, just kept fighting and fighting and fighting, and he got a hot and elevated pitch in the zone and just absolutely crushed it. So, yeah, it, it was it was crazy to see that at-bat, but not only that, but it was crazy to see that at-bat with the score the way that it was. 
um, late in a ball game like that where it's already a blowout and just to continue that fight, I think that showed a lot. Yeah, and in the playoffs, no less. Yeah, 14 pitch at bat. He fouled off pitch four through 12. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. What what a game this was, Alex. And you get a day off in L.A. just to hang out. And Well, wait, no. <laughs> They 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 cut they they they're gonna practice tomorrow I guess or have some BP. yes they are <laughs> they sure are Jeremy yeah well you get to hang out in in L A and then uh, get to watch some more baseball on on Monday what a treat for you what a treat for Dvacs fans to see what this team is doing right now and it's you know I dare I say it the team is getting hot at the right time it's um it's what it's. It, it's what everybody says when you're going into the postseason. All the players will say, you want to get hot at the right time. And listen, the D-backs are doing it. And Alex, I think uh, I think it's going to be exciting on Monday. And it'll definitely be excited on exciting on Wednesday when you get back here. Alex, that's going to do it for this edition of Ain't No Fang. I failed to mention Steve Zensmeiser. He'll be back on Monday to uh, take over this uh, throne, I should say. Uh, but yeah, Alex, thanks so much for uh, for doing this and hanging out for a few minutes and uh, taking us through what happened there at Dodger Stadium. Absolutely.